Welcome to Facing Vert, both on trails and in life. I'm your host, Tara Jordan, and today I have with me Brandon Thrower, and again, and we're going to talk about the Mount Mitchell Heartbreaker, which is both a 55K and a 50 miler. So thank you for coming back on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So we're going to go through, obviously, the course and and how that goes for both, Um, mainly focusing on the 50 miler. But just talk about some some of the little details before we get into that. It's on March 23rd, correct? Mm-hmm. And what time does the, I guess, the 50-miler start? 50-miler is going to start at 5.30 this year. Okay. A.M.? Um, A.M. Okay. 5.30 a.m. <laughs> Let's make that clear. Yeah. Last year it started at 5.45, um, but we're starting at 5.30, and we're ending, I think, the Total time it ends uh, cutoffs at 10 p.m. Okay. So you get a 16 and a half hour cutoff. Last year we were at a 16 hour cutoff. So um, we've increased the cutoff by 30 minutes this year. Um, we feel like just from how everything ran last year that those 15 minutes at the end and the beginning are good for our uh, daylight and everything still lines up with with what we think most people will be hitting daylight in. And then also um, we don't want a a ton of people out in the dark um, on the single track sections. Um, So when you hit Jarrah Creek road at the last aid station, uh, you should still be hitting it in, in light. And then you might be running that section in dark if you're in the back of the pack. But not being on a technical trail. Yeah, but you're not being on a technical trail in the middle of the woods. And I mean, not that we don't do that in any other races, um, like Looking Glass or or Hellbender, um, like you're going to be on trails at night. But, you know, it's just a little bit of an extra safety, cozy feeling, you know, uh, that you're, oh, I'm going to gravel road for the rest of the way. (laughs) So, um, you know, navigation, it's, kind of goes out the door you're just on this road for six miles and so you see the end was there a um, lot of people last year that didn't make the cutoff or so yeah we had a, a lot of people miss the cutoff at mount mitchell and oh. so basically we've taken that 30 minutes and put it on to more or less that cutoff at mount mitchell um and uh, so that should give people, because most of the people who missed the cutoff there were missing it by, you know, 15. Oh, so not. Five to 15 oh, minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. And so we wanted to like, all right. And a lot of them felt like, man, I, I feel like I could finish that, <clears throat> you know, with the, the second half of the course being a lot easier, a lot more downhill than the, uh, the first half of the course. So. Uh, yeah, we just are kind of adjusting the cutoffs <clears throat> for that and then giving that little extra 30, 30 minute cushion as well. So, and, and what about the 55K? What time does that one start? It starts at 7 a.m. And uh, so you Is should there, be able to run that throughout the day. I don't think we had any 55K runners finish in the dark. Uh, Is there a cutoff time for that one? There is. So, there you have, um, you have the cutoffs at, uh, at Neils Creek. Uh, aid station, which is the second aid station. Um, I mean, there's cutoffs at every aid station, but uh, there's a certain cutoff that you have to reach at that point. <clears throat> I don't have it up. It's okay. We can talk about that me. when we're um, talking about the course. But but uh, is it a, what's the allotted time for the that you have for the entire thing? So technically, it's a 12 hour cutoff. 12 hours. So okay. that's kind of what we base our our cutoff times for that event. Um, okay. So the, they, the cutoffs for the 55K at an aid station are going to be slightly different than the cutoffs at 
for the 50 miler at the same aid station. Okay. Um, so it might be a little bit before. And the other reason we're doing that is just because like, Hey, you need to be here by this point in time because things are going to start shutting down, um, for the 50 miler or vice versa. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the way it's set up and in 12 hours is, is more than enough time to do this, uh, do this race. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of flat sections, a lot of, um, fast sections, um, and then it's just got like two really kick you in the teeth climbs, you <laughs> know. Um, and other than that, it's very runnable. I th- well, I think it's very runnable. Um, <laughs> some people might disagree with that, right? But <laughs> and it starts at they both start at Camp Greer. Yeah, both start and end at, sa- at Camp Greer, basically the same spot, um, right there near the pavilion, kind of main camp uh, for people who've ever uh, been to Camp Greer. Um, and there's lodging on site. Um, and lodging is filling up. So if you want to uh, stay right beside the start, basically you can. There's three uh, bunk houses. Uh, so if you've ever been to like a summer camp, there's usually bunk rooms that have, you know, two to four bunks in a room. Uh, the way we set it up is uh, if there's a room with four, you know, two bunk beds, so basically four beds, we're only renting out um, uh, the room itself. So you can say you have you and your significant other or you and your running partner, y'all can have just that and then you can use the upstairs or the top bunk for like storage and everything. Oh, okay. So it's it's not like we're cramming everyone into right. to one space. Um, and then we also have a, a lodging situation there too where we do have kind of a more hostile environment where um, there's like 10 or – there's like five or six bunks in one room. Um, but again, you get a whole bunk bed. So you get the top and the, and the bottom bed when you, you rent it. So you get a place to store your stuff mm-hmm. and, and then that. And then obviously there's showers uh, on each end of the those uh, uh, bunk houses. And then there is also tent camping. So tent camping on site. So if you're looking to camp um, or, you know, bring a small pull behind we can't really do like really big rvs but if you're like sleeping in your truck or something like that uh uh, that's completely fine okay or if you have like a van um and do you have um are are you sold out of both of these races or do you still have some they are both sold out yes we we are we sold out this year so second year of the event we sold it out which is uh, which is awesome. Also, not a surprise. We had such a good feedback last year mm-hmm. on the event, um, and we got registration kind of open a little bit later last year, just waiting for permits to to be finalized. Um, so this year, um, with everything going well, the first year, uh, usually if the permit agencies are a lot quicker on getting things back to you, so right. we were able to open up registration earlier and. Uh, you know, it filled up, I think, about a month ago is when it sold out. Um, so we do have a wait list, um, and people are still coming off the wait list now. Um, you know, you got people who sign up for events, you know, just five months in advance. You know, something happens. Things change. Things change. <laughs> right. Life changes, and uh, they'll drop out. So when they drop out, um, you'll get selected off the wait list. And I guess that's something we could – uh, I'll mention just like how the wait list works. Um, I get questions about this all the time. But basically, um, when you go to sign up, it'll say that it's sold out, but it says you can sign up for the wait list. 
do that, if you have any inkling that you want to run the race, any of our races that have a wait list, not just Heartbreaker, but Grand Further, Fauna Flora, any of those that typically sell out, get on the wait list as soon as possible mm-hmm. if you really want to run because it is uh, based off whoever, like, a linear order of people when they sign up. So if you, it's not like a random draw. It's literally the faster you sign up. The, yeah, the faster <laughs> right. you sign up, the more likely you're going to be selected when someone drops out and a spot opens up. So if you don't sign up for the wait list until you know two weeks before the event, your chances of getting in are zero. Right. Um, because there's so many people ahead of you in the queue at that point. So, um, right now I would say the wait list for this event has probably gotten to that point. So if you're trying to sign up for the wait list now, you're probably out of luck. Right. Um, uh, both of them are about, I think the 50 miler is about 30 deep and the 55 K is about 20 deep right now. Um, is there a certain time that you stop letting people we in will, off the wait list? We will, we will send invites to people all the way up until, um, uh, three days before the event three days, okay. and you know at that point the field's set so uh, don't come you know day of and say hey did anybody not show up <laughs> we're not we're not going to make that adjustment for you <laughs> there's there's so many things going on race morning that right. we're not dealing with with transferring bibs or anything like that at that point so um, yeah it's up to three three days before um is when you'll get an invite and usually those last like two weeks before the event you have 24 hours to respond to an invite if you don't respond within 24 hours we're going to remove your invitation to the next next person person in line Mm because there's a lot of people on the list and if you're holding people up and waiting to decide till three days before that's not fair to everyone else right Uh, you're just holding it up so um yeah that those last couple weeks you got two you got 24 hours to respond um, and that's from when I send the email. So make sure you're checking your email yes. <laughs> if you're if you're looking to get in. Uh, and there is hope for those that are on the wait list that yes, yes, there is. You might I, get in. I would say I would venture to say we're you know we're a month month out. Um, I would venture to say at least uh, ten more people will probably get in okay. off the wait list. Off of each one or total? probably total. Okay. Um, it might be more than that, but just historically looking in those last months for for other events, um, it, it's usually about 10 that come off. And sometimes, you know, you might be, let's say you're 15th on the 50-mile list. You still might get in by race day, even though there will only be 10 people but that, we, uh, that get in. But a lot of times we'll send an invite and people will decline. They're mm-hmm. just like, well, I'm not. I'm not ready. I didn't train, I been training, you know, yeah. so sure. um, just because you're lower down on the wait list doesn't mean your chances of getting or nothing because there will be people who decline um, and you, you know, get to jump up quicker. Um, so, yeah. So if you're still looking to get in, sign up today. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, fingers yeah. crossed, you'll get in by right. race day. So just to rewind a little bit. And I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but for those that may be just listening to about this race, mm-hmm. what was your inspiration for this race? How did this come about? Um, and how did that tie into Hellbender, all those kind of things? Oh, yeah. So um, for those who don't know that, uh, so Tonawad Adventures uh, is a, basically a subsidiary of Camp Greer. And it's 
nonprofit umbrella. Um, Camp Greer uh, runs a lot of different initiatives. Uh, obviously, their summer camp, but they also have uh, the G5 Trail Collective, which is a trail advocacy group that's uh, building at new trails in Old Fort and maintaining uh, trails in Old Fort. Um, they have, uh, you know, this uh, nonprofit that's more camp centric called uh, the, the uh, it's like Maven Mission, I think is what it's called. And so that's like more serving under underserved inner city community and getting them outdoors. Um, they have another event branch that is um, mountain biking focused. So that's Pisca Productions. So Pisca Production races under that umbrella. And so, and so are we. So for years, we've been trying, you know, ever since I joined Camp Greer back in 2018, um, I've been looking to have a race out of the back of Camp Greer. And that, that was our, that was our goal. So, and, um, you know, we always wanted to put on a 50 miler. And so, you know, we submitted plans for a 50 miler to go out of the back of Camp Greer around the same time that we were coming up with Hellbender. Um, uh, so, you know, Hellbender's first year was 28, 2018, right? Ugh, I think that's right. Yes. 18, 19, then 20 yeah, was 2020 canceled. was, yeah, yeah so yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, 2018. <laughs> right. So in 2017, we were playing in Hellbender, and, and in 2017, that's when uh, Tonawad Adventures and Camp Greer were talking about joining forces. And so we knew that we were going to start 2018 of, you know, the first of the calendar year. So we already had it in our plans. And so, you know, I basically had created this 50 mile route and this hundred mile route, the hundred mile route was with, um, with, uh, run 828 foundation, uh, NCMTR. And then, uh, you know, for us, I was like, man, it'd be great to have like a 50 miler as well that we can just, you know, at that time I, I was like, feel confident that I could host a 50 miler on my own. I'd already done it before with table rock and we'd gotten rid of the table rock 50 miler at this point, uh, just due to some, uh, extra logistics crossing like an interstate and it was just unsafe. <laughs> um, uh, well, it's not interstate, but it was a four lane, four lane road. Close enough. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, I was like, all right, I need a new 50 mile on the schedule. This is so awesome to, you know, Camp Greer is just a, such a great place to start and finish a race because you got yes. the lodging piece it's all right there. It butts up to the national forest, literally the property line, you know, within a half a mile, you're in national forest and you're in all these old fort trails. So, um, we came up with this route and it was very similar. We we're leaving out the back of camp, just how we originally planned it for, for hellbender. And then while we we're putting in the permits for hellbender, um, we found out that we would not be allowed to leave out of the back of camp Greer and the, reason for that was because Camp Greer was a private entity that wasn't open to the public, that their trails that connected into the, the Forest Service property would not be allowed to go from that private to there because mm -hmm. it was a private, close to the public entity. Um, there are other places where you can uh, <clears throat> go from a private land to public land but those places are open to the public, like on a daily use fee. So, um, 
like an example would be Still Creek Park where we have Table Rock Ultras that's open to the public. Anyone can go there and camp anytime. And so their trails lead right into the national forest. Um, so it was just a difference of semantic or, it's, you know, it's just red tape really. Right. <laughs> um, so that was like a hurdle. And that was why the Hellbender started on, you know, uh, Old 70 and Mill Creek Road for the, the first couple of years. And mm-hmm. you ran that five miles of pavement to get to the trail system. Um, it, even though we could leave right out the back of camp, we had to wait. And so really Camp Greer really did a great job, noticed that and started formulating a plan. How do we make this possible to leave out the back of camp? So um, they worked with their board and they created this trail called the Roston Trail that connects the Forest Service through the back end of their property. So it stays out of main camp and uh, connects into the, the newly built Fauna Flora Trail over by the Kitsuma area. And so that, that trail runs through the camp, and that trail is open to the public for 10 months out of the year. The only time it's closed is during camp season when mm-hmm. kids are there. So they, you know, they did that for That's the awesome. sole purpose, for, so they could have events out of there and, and come uh, add a loop option as well for the community to stay on all trails. So, like, if you're a mountain biker, hiker, runner, uh, you can go and, you know, do this loop where you go up Jarrett Creek or Snooks or whatever you want to do, and then you can come back down and use that trail over instead of getting on 70 and having to go all the way over to um, the Curtis Creek Road and going through town. So you kind of get this trail connector. So they did that graciously and opened up that whole trail to the public. And uh, and, and what year was that? That, that was up? 2020. His first year Hellbender came back was 2022. Two, yes. Yeah. So that was the year that it came okay. open. I think it opened maybe the end of 2021 was when it officially was opened. And uh, so that allowed um, uh, the Hellbender to uh, use that. And so as soon as that was open i was like all right let's <laughs> let's get this, this route because we'd already had the route planned i mean we we had the we had i had everything in my spreadsheet and i was ready to just, you know i think i actually did submit the permit um now thinking back back to it and they and they denied it because of the same issue um back in 2018 so um you know it was just it was like all right we got to do it now now it's the time to do it so as soon as that was uh, a thing we submitted the permit and got it rolling and uh the course has changed a little bit like you know we we originally just had a the 50 miler and then we was like well we need to add a 55 i'd like to add a 55k as well and then um uh you know how do we make this like scenic as well and right and not contrived and make it as close to a big loop as possible so little things changed um <clears throat> In, in the route, but basically that's what we end up settling on and uh, is the routes that we have now. And so it's just super exciting. You know, this has been, you know, it was five years in the making right. last year. And uh, so now we're going into the second year and we're, we're super stoked that we're able to leave out the back of camp and, and, and have this event. So, and it ends, ends back at camp too. Yep, so ends it, back at camp. Which so is great. the only repeated section of trail on this entire, 
both races is the like half mile leaving camp and coming into camp, um, which is really cool. And then there's more trails coming online <clears throat> currently with uh, the G5 group. They were rewarded a 2.5 million state grant this uh, this past cycle. And that's going to fund the rest of their project, which is a 35-mile expansion of new trail in um, the Old Fort area. And a lot of people have already been on some of that new trail. Mm -hmm. Uh, About 10 of that is already open. So they basically got enough to to pay for the next 25 miles of trail that they're going to add. And... uh, so those new trails are the Old Fort Gateway Trails, um, which are just on the other side of Camp Greer. Um, it's like a six-mile trail system. And then the uh, Bernard Mountain Trail, which is like the parallel trail to Kitsuma. And both, both of those trails are great. And uh, right now they're currently working on the Lower Heartbreak Trail, which is going to hmm. come uh, basically when Heartbreak Ridge Trail comes down Star Gap. Right. Um, if you were doing our course – You'd come down the east side of Star Gap down to Jarrett Creek Road. Okay. When you get to the end of Jarrett Creek Road, you'll, uh, or when you get to Jarrett Creek Road, you'll take a right instead of a left, like you're going back into Old Fort. You take a right and you keep going up the road for about a mile and it dead ends. And at where it dead ends is where the lower heartbreak will start, which is the same ridge as Heartbreak Ridge. Um, that's why it's called Lower Heartbreak. And uh, so it, it'll be about a three mile trail. And it's going to drop down into um, the Fauna Floor Trail, Copper Ridge Trail. So eventually we'll have a loop option. I think the expected uh, um, completion date for that is sometime in March. And oh, so that soon. That's great. It's pretty soon, yeah. yeah. Um, I've got to check out a little bit of it. Um, they're about halfway done, so I've gone out there and checked it out, and it's going to be really amazing. So. The, you know, the 50-miler <clears throat> and 55K might change in the future to include that or any of the other trails. But currently right now, as it stands, it's the same course as last year. Um, and then – but with a finishing March, if it does finish in March, there's a possibility that we might reroute a little bit of Hellbender onto this ah, new lower heartbreak okay. trail. we got to figure it out. We're not 100% certain because we got to make sure we still – are getting similar mileages right. um and so that's the only thing because you know we finish on that it's about six miles six and a half miles on uh jarrett creek, creek road Red. so we got to yeah. make sure we're still getting six and a half miles utilizing that trail to to get back to camp Greer to keep it a hundred miler or keep it a 50 miler right. in the future so so the uh, only change from last year is basically your cutoff yeah that's it times yeah. so it worked so. out really well and went smoothly last year yeah. so great so i do want to go through the course obviously mm-hmm. but are is there any required gear for either race yes there is so this is a you know a legit mountain race um you're going up to elevations above 6,000 feet uh and the weather can change in an instant. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who ran last year, they were firsthand experience of this. <laughs> we had a, a little bit of a, a storm front roll through uh, in the morning of the race for the, about the first three hours. And it was pouring down rain. Wind Ugh. was whipping. You know, I mean, I think our uh, our 
we have a little like water station at Green Knob Overlook on the parkway when you get to the top of Snook's Nose. And uh, I'm pretty sure uh, our volunteer there said that the uh, the wind just took the table with the water oh, on no. it and just took it and flung it. Flung it. So <laughs> like we had some pretty gusty winds last year with a little bit of rain in the morning. But then after that, it turned into a perfect day. It was like you just never. It know. was like what it is today. It was like bluebird sky. Um, you know, for the last, you know, 10, 11 hours of the event. So, um, like I said, things could change on a dime. It could be the opposite, you know, you could be perfectly blue blurred day and then all of a sudden, bam, you know, storm. Storm. So, um, so yeah, we always, when we go in high into these mountains and there's, there's chances for, uh, for long rescue times, if you are, uh, incapacitated during the, the race with an injury, um, you know, you want to make sure uh, a twisted ankle or, you know, a, you know, a bum knee or something doesn't turn into hypothermia right. and, you know, life-threatening situation. So, yes, there is required a gear. Um, so that's basically <clears throat> seam sealed jacket, emergency blanket. You need to make sure you have enough water uh, to carry at least um, – 32 ounces on you so 32 ounces would be two 16 ounce bottles for those people who like to wear like the Solomon vest Mm -hmm. Um, so that's like your minimum um, that you need to have on you Uh, so a liter of water and that should get you between most aid stations Um, we uh, also want to make sure you have your cell phone on you and if you need to call for an emergency there is decent cell phone coverage on the ridges. The only places that we have poor sales reception is down around Neils Creek and Curtis Creek. Yeah. Um, the rest of the course has enough cell coverage to call out for a 911. Um, and when you call out 911 on a cell phone, cell phones are smart these days. They will GPS coordinate exactly where you're at. So uh, EMS knows where you're to, to come find you. Um, and then uh, you'll... Uh, we also ask that you take a whistle, and the whistle is in case you, you know, fall off a rock and get stuck in the woods somewhere, and you're not on the trail. Right. And people are trying to find you. You can blow the whistle, and you know, people know that oh, that's where you're at, because um, you're not going to have a ton of energy to be screaming, most likely, if you're right. <laughs> hurt pretty bad. Right. So. <laughs> Um, and a lot of people's packs will have a whistle built into yes. it too. So if you're most likely you're going to be running with a running pack, you can probably find it's usually on like a clip. There's usually like a whistle built in. So yeah, jacket, emergency blanket, um, cell phone, whistle, um, what enough water for uh, at least a liter of water. And um, then you also have a GPS tracker for this event. So this event both is of GPS. Them? Yeah. Okay. Both events are GPS tracked. So you'll get that race morning. Um, uh, you'll get your tracker on race morning. Uh, okay. And you basically just put that in your pack somewhere high on your pack, not down to the bottom of your pack. And that should transmit pretty well throughout the day, except in those two low spots. Um, uh we changed systems last year. We had a lot of intermittent in and out um, on the trackers, so it wasn't an ideally perfect situation. Um, but I think that's because we were using AT and T coverage. We switched those trackers over to Verizon coverage, and um, 
we did that for looking glass and looking glass tracking was working phenomenally well almost mm-hmm. the entire day um so we expect similar results uh this year for uh heartbreaker and hellbender we'll be using them for hellbender again um so we expect similar results for those that we got for looking glass so the dead zones will be those those deep valley zones like um uh, around Neils Creek and Curtis Creek, uh, down in the bottom of South Toe. Um, so, but the good thing about those, you're near an aid station. Right. Uh, you're not far from rescue or anything like that. Um, so it's, it should be easy to get to you. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the required. And are you allowed to carry poles? Yes. Okay. Yep. Uh, like for us, we're we're fine with poles. The only time we asking not to to have them is at the start of the event um you know let the field spread out right you know once the field spread out then you you can whip them out and start using them um so usually for that first mile we we would suggest to kind of keep them stowed away um so you're not poking anybody uh, when you're running with them um what about after that you're good what about headlamps or waist so lamps? so yes you will need a headlamp if you're in the 50 miler uh you're required to carry a headlamp um 55k you're not required because shouldn't be in the dark you shouldn't be in the dark <laughs> right um uh but i'm assuming it'll be dark at 5 30 when the 50 miler starts yes it will okay so um i don't know what time it gets dark on in march towards the end of march but it, um, I think the timing, I think it was sunrise is typically around 6.30 okay. in March. Um, has the time changed at that point? I think I the don't time's know. changed. <laughs> I'll have um, to look it up. <laughs> it might be, sunrise might be closer to 7, actually, like 7, 7.15. Um, so the 55K might be starting in that pre-dawn light, but it'll still be light out. Uh, I'm pretty sure that sunset is around seven o'clock, seven thirty. Okay. Sunset's like seven, and then like it gets dark, you know, dark, dark around seven thirty. Okay. Uh, so let me let me look it up right quick so we just get an accurate di- uh, time for uh, sunrise, sunset. Um, so yeah, sunrise on the twenty third is going to be seven twenty eight a.m. and sunset is at seven forty four. So, uh, if you're running the 55k, you're definitely going to be in the, the daylight the whole time. But um, 50 miler, uh, you'll be starting in the dark. You'll have at least two hours, uh, well, not, about an hour and a half of darkness before you start getting some twilight. Right. Um, and then those last uh, two hours of before cutoff, so eight to ten o'clock, will be in you'll the need dark. a headlamp. Okay. It'll be dark then. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically what we have there for for sunrise sunset. So you will need to carry your headlamp uh, if you're in the 50 miler. You'll you'll carry your headlamp the whole time. Okay. Um, there's not uh, there is crew, but the crew section before it gets dark is pretty far far out. So you just need to carry that just headlamp carry the whole you. time. And then uh, you'll you'll need to have backup batteries or a backup light as well. For mm-hmm. if you're in the 50 miler, so right. uh, you, you never can, know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Backup light or um, backup batteries, either one works. And also, um, when, with just the elevation, carrying extra layers is always a smart thing for yes. around there. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's not required, but 
you got to think the, uh, the start of the race is at like 1,500 feet of elevation, and the high point of the race <laughs> is almost 6,700 feet. It's just under right. 67. So uh, that's a big difference. <laughs> yes. um, that's a big temperature swing. You know, they say the temperature changes, you know, five degrees per thousand feet. So, you know, if, you know, we're, we're talking basically uh, 5,000 feet higher. Mm-hmm. From one end to the next, so that's twenty-five degree difference and change, uh, right there. Um, and that doesn't, you know, include when it's the nighttime and daytime temperatures right. changing. So, you know, it might be, uh, you know, forty degrees at Camp Greer when it hits night or in the morning, or let's just say, yeah, when it, it's at night, but it could be twenty degrees. 15 degrees up on Mount Mitchell. So right. uh, big difference in temperature swings. Um, so you just want to be uh, just conscious, be prepared. conscious <laughs> yes. of that. So, right. yeah, I, I would definitely suggest having, you know, a long sleeve bl- uh, layer with you just in case. And um, I know a lot last year a lot of people got cold, even though it was a warm day. Like we had uh, last year, I think the high temperature was around 62 um, and, but up on Mitchell, I don't think it got over 40 degrees and people got uh, cold. most people are wearing jackets and stuff on, on Mount Mitchell. And plus the wind's going to be way worse up there. Mm-hmm. So wind chills becomes a factor as well. So, right. um, yeah, definitely have a jacket, definitely have, you know, uh, although not required to have an extra base layer or long sleeve layer, um, it's not going to take up that much room in your pack. Gloves. And, uh, yes, gloves, all that stuff. Make sure you have that. Right. Um, let me just make sure that that's not included. It might be included in the. Of course, I know all of this is going to be in the packet that yeah, you send out. Which is going to be sent out very soon. It's always uh, good to repeat things. Um, yeah. And then also we have a uh, we have a downloadable map as well that is you can follow GPS mm-hmm. tracking as well. Uh, we ask that everyone has that downloaded. Either have that map downloaded on your phone or have the route downloaded on, on your, your watch. watch. Yeah. Um, either one of those. And that way you can kind of follow the arrow uh, that, you're, that you're tracking. And but, I know you do mark the, the trails well. Yes, the course will be extremely well marked. Um, so we'll have signs and ribbons, X arrows for wrong ways. Um, it'll, it'll be really well marked. Um, Usually blue and white, is that right? Uh, yeah, last year we used orange okay. and white. Uh, we might use orange and white again this year. I might switch it back over just to, to blue and white. Um, I haven't decided. I still have last year's signs, and they look really cool because they have the logo on it. <laughs> so it might uh, use this. But I might have lost a couple of those signs. and <laughs> I know I have a ton of blue uh, arrow signs uh, with the Tonawa logo on it, so uh, it might switch over to that. Um, you'll go over that before they hit yeah, the course. Yeah. So of course, and it'll be in the, that decision will be made before I send out the pre-packet, um, info. So you'll get a participant guide for those running and the participant guide will be posted on the website as well. Uh, we're just finalizing all the updates we need for that. And that will, will go live, uh, by the 23rd of this month. So you have a month to look at it okay, and, great. and prepare. So, um, you know, on the 23rd, be looking for the hell uh, heartbreaker participant guide online. So you mentioned crew before. Um, yeah. What 
what are they able to have in terms of crew both for both races? Or can they have crew for the 55K um, so, at all? So both races can have crew. Um, the There's only two crew accessible points in the 50-miler, and there's only one crew accessible point in the 55K. Uh, for the 55K, that is um, – well, for both the 50-miler and the 55K, the first crew access point is Neils Creek. Okay. Which is the same spot for for each race. Um, and that mile mileage is uh, 14.8 for the 50-miler. And... 13.2 for the 55k so okay. roughly just under halfway point for the 55k and um and you know 15 miles in for the right. <laughs> quarter way in for the uh uh 50 miler and parking wise there at nails creek there's there's quite a bit of parking so yeah so the one thing that uh there will be there's a there's a big field at, at Neal's Creek, and then there's also a lot of, like, pull-off along the gravel. Mm -hmm. um, so the main thing with that aid station, uh, there is a community near there, and they have requested that South Toe River Road is not blocked at all, and uh, people aren't slowing up the traffic there. So that's going to be a monitored set, uh, spot by the Forest Service to make sure everything is running smoothly there. So... It's very imperative that crew are following the rules there and parking in places that are not blocking roads mm -hmm. and access for emergency vehicles. Um, so we will have a, a volunteer out there to kind of help manage that whole parking situation. And um, there is a there is a field uh, where the aid station kind of is that uh, we can park people up in too as well. So okay. uh, you'll have someone kind of guiding you uh, where to go, and where to park there. So just make sure you're not being uh, selfish and stupid and parking <laughs> in ways that would um, uh, not allow regular flow of traffic to get through or a larger vehicle like a, an ambulance to get through. Uh, those are big no-nos, and those are the things that really come back on us when the Forest Service is reviewing the event and how everything went. And uh, those are types of things that can uh, cause a permit to go away. Um, and, you know, our remedy, if they say that this isn't working out, is there just won't be any crew access there. Right. And then you'll have less crew access uh, to see your runner. So Don't ruin uh, it. <laughs> yeah, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. Um, and how long does it take to drive there from Camp Greer? It's a long way. That, that's um, what I thought. It's, it's a long way. It's at least an hour to get there from Camp Greer to Neils Creek. Uh, you kind of have to go this long roundabout way, and you got to go up this curvy road called NC80 uh, to get up there. Um, so it's just gonna it's so gonna be, be aware. It's gonna be a long drive, right? So just be aware. It's gonna take you a while to get there, um, and uh, so yeah. So you know, as soon as the race starts, you know, you can head that way. Start heading that way right. to get there in time. Um, and then the other aid station, I mean, crew, crew the only, access. The station. only other crew access point is roughly the halfway point. It's just under halfway. It's at Mount Mitchell Summit. And, and that's for the 50-miler. Large parking lot there at the summit of Mount Mitchell, and that's only for the 50-miler. Um, and uh, the the park service there has requested that, you know, carpool as much as possible. Uh, we also request that we know that carpooling is, you know, obviously you should only have one crew 
access vehicle per uh, runner uh, or groups of runners. Um, so if you are driving up there, make sure you don't have your, you know, the whole family coming in like three different vehicles. It's, right. it's, are you going to have any sort of um, crew sign that the cars have to have or anything like that? No. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, just, just you know, carpool, carpool, make right. sure you're not taking up a ton of space. Um, also for that Mount Mitchell uh, section, we would suggest that you kind of, um, you know, figure out what time you need to be there. Mm-hmm. So you're not there any longer than you have to be. And that way more spots, more cars will open uh, or more parking spots will be opened up for the general public and for you. And, you know, if we get a big onslaught of everybody there at the same time, then it could become an issue. Um, so just, you know, there's a beautiful Blue Ridge Parkway that you have to drive. So, and it doesn't take yeah. that long to no. get there from Neils Creek. No, from Neils Creek, you're, you're 20 minutes. Okay. Um, so, you know, enjoy, enjoy, the <laughs> enjoy the parkway, enjoy nature, um, you know, um, you know, enjoy that whole situation. Go on a short little hike or something before you, you get up to, to Mount Mitchell and parking in that, in that spot, in that zone. Um, and that that is something to be said as far as parkway crossing uh, parkway goes. There are two parkway crossings on the event, um, but there's little to no parking at these these parkway crossings. So it's imperative that you are not parking there and waiting for your runner. This is not a crew access point. Uh, Green Knob Overlook. It's a beautiful overlook, but it can fit a grand total of ten cars. We cannot have ten plus cars parked out there taking up the parkway will revoke our permit immediately so um you know avoid the avoid those overlooks and don't be sitting there waiting for your runner we will have people at those spots anyway um where the parkway crosses uh and if they see that you're sitting here they're spectating they're going to write down your license plate number and they're going to ask you who which runner you're with yikes and your runner's going to get disqualified so um again don't 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 park there. <laughs> do that there's plenty of other overlooks on the parkway that you can enjoy and you know be able to spread out and right. it will just be like a normal day uh traffic up there so just you know don't Cause a permit to get revoked. <laughs> no, please. And yeah. the pacer, is there any pacers allowed for the 50 No pacers in okay. this race, yep. At all. No, well, 50, that makes it easy. Yeah, no <laughs> you don't pacers. have to worry about that. Um, you got to do this one all on your own. Right. Um, uh, and, you know, it, it's a very doable doable race, so you, you should be fine. So um, I think we can go through the, co- the course now. And yes, then as yes. we go through the course, we'll talk about the aid stations, what will be there, and also where your drop bags can be yep. um, as we flow through that. So starts at Camp Greer, like we said, and then I'll let you take over from there and talk about where they go. Yep. So we're going to start at Camp Greer um, right near the pavilion area, uh, which is a big covered shelter. Uh, right in the middle of camp. And so you'll run uh, a little short section of gravel um, of the Camp Greer gravel road out towards the back. You'll kind of run past the tent area, and then you'll get on the Roston Trail that we mentioned earlier. And once you're on the Roston Trail, you're probably only on it for about a third of a mile before you're going to hit Jarrett Creek Road. Um, And once you hit Jarrett Creek Road, uh, for the 50 milers, y'all are going to hang a right and you're going to follow Jarrett Creek Road all the way down to Curtis Creek Road. And so this will be 
Um, it might be, it's got a little bit of a roller, but it's mostly downhill gravel road, uh, smooth gravel road. Uh, the 55 K at that point is going to just go straight over the road and go down salt gap trail. Um, that's just the get y'all's mileage down to 55 K instead of 58 okay. K or whatever it is. So, um, so you'll be on a half mile trail. You'll kind of shortcut that like two and a half mile section. Uh, if you're in the 50 miler, do not shortcut that. You will be disqualified. We will be able to track your tracker in that section. Right. So we'll know if you did it. <laughs> so where does the Salt Gap pop out it's at salt, Jarrett Creek? It or pops Curtis out Creek? directly across from Roston Trail. Um, when Roston Trail hits Jarrett Creek Road, it's directly across the road. And then the, where does that go? Uh, it goes down to Jarrett Creek. Okay. So it goes down to Jarrett Creek as it. well and connects into the same area same at Curtis place. Creek. Okay. Uh, it just kind of cuts off some miles. Perfect. Cuts off about two miles. So... Um, so, yeah, so for the 50 milers, you're going to be hanging right, staying on Jarrett Creek Road in the morning. 55K, you'll be going down that uh, half-mile salt gap trail uh, and down to Jarrett Creek. And that, that kind of puts you into that main gateway trailhead area uh, right there at Jarrett Creek uh, Road. And then you'll get on Curtis Creek, and you'll hang a left on Curtis Creek. And then you're on Curtis Creek for about um, three miles, and that's going to be basically flat. It will be a slight upgrade uh, in spots, but you know you're talking like two percent, three percent in spots. And it's, so it's just this really long, gradual, uh, flattish uphill. So it's the flattest part of the course. Definitely the fastest part of the course. Um, I think last year we had people running that first five miles and like you know. 35 minutes or something <laughs> like that you know people who are up. trying to you know really tank that time or bank that time in you know the only thing being said for that you know if you go out too hard in the first five miles you're probably going to pay for it in the last right. little bit so you know you want to think about that because you got a, a really runnable section in the last six miles of the event for each event as well so you know, you just want to be mindful to, to save your legs for some runnable terrain or you're going to get passed at the end if you're, you know, going for the win. Um, so, yeah, just be mindful of that. So that that uh, that road, it's about a mile of pavement and then it turns to gravel. Uh, you're basically right beside Curtis Creek the entire time. So there's little cascades and everything. And then you'll get into um, the Curtis Creek campground area. And that's where the bottom of Six Nose is. And that's also where the first aid station is. So for the 50 miler, that uh, is at mile 5.7. For the 55K, that's uh, mile five. Oh, wait, sorry. Small print. For the 50 miler, <laughs> that's 6.7, mile 6.7. And for the 55K, that's mile 5.1, uh, the first aid station. And then. Uh, Will the aid station be? Past Snook's Nose or It'll right be at Snook's right Nose? Right at okay. Snook's Nose. Um, there's like a little pull off right across from the, the trailhead there that will be right there okay. in that little pull off area. Um, no crew there, uh, mainly because that road is closed. There's a gate right. <laughs> and the campground's closed. So uh, the only people that will be there is the aid station people. Um, and you cannot use that road to get up into the parkway and in Neal's Creek either because it's closed. It doesn't open until April 1st. So, um, so yeah, there will be no access there as far as crew or anything. Um, Would that be have a full aid? It'll be a full aid station, so you'll have water. Um, there probably won't be 
uh, much in the hot food situation there because so early in the race right. and it's so flat. Um, I think we had hardly anybody eat anything there last year anyway. So there will be plenty of food there, but there won't be any hot options there other than maybe coffee. You might have some coffee there since it's early in the morning. You need a little caffeine boost. Um, so uh, that's it for Curtis Creek. And then you start the real <laughs> – the real stuff, the Snook's real nose. stuff. Uh, so you go up Snook's Nose. And uh, so for those of you who um, aren't familiar with Snook's Nose, um, Snook's Nose is a roughly four-mile trail. It's just under four miles. And it gains uh, about 3,100 feet in those four miles. So it's <laughs> extremely steep. Yes. The uh, the first two miles are the steepest. Um, you... Uh, you have a nice little kind of break into it. And like the first like quarter mile is kind of flat and you're like, this kind, is not bad. Kind of along a creek. <laughs> and then you cross this creek, uh, which is the, the creek crossing is as long as it hasn't been pouring down rain, you can rock hop it pretty easy. Yeah. Your feet aren't going to get wet. Um, and then once you cross that creek, it goes up and it goes up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, Everyone will be hiking that section. If anyone's running that, they're going to blow up. Um, and so you'll be hiking that that stretch. And so that first grunt is probably just under a mile or so of really steep trail, uh, kind of sort of switchbacks up itself. And then it gets to this point where it flattens out again. And you're like, oh, thank the Lord. But that only lasts for about two-tenths of a mile and right. then it gets even steeper <laughs> right? and you really hit the wall section of the uh of the trail and it's like a wall and uh so you, then you start going up that and then it starts mellowing out a little bit when it starts hitting some switchbacks and that mellow out point is probably after like a third of a mile of that wall section but the switchbacks are still very steep it's it's not like it's like all oh, switchbacks i can run all this it's still very steep switchbacks and um so you're you're switchbacking in and out of these roto tunnels um uh through there and then you finally come up onto the snook's nose and that the snook's nose which is the name of the trail is a little rocky outcrop overlook uh it's about two miles into the trail it's got beautiful views um if you look on the website uh for this race uh and or the pictures in Ultra Sign Up, you'll see uh, a couple pictures from there. Uh, it's really one of the highlight points of the event. It's just a beautiful spot, um, especially if you're catching at sunrise. Sunrise from there is absolutely gorgeous, and um, you know most people running the race will probably be hitting it around sunrise, either a little bit before or a little bit after. Um, so it's just a really, really great spot. Um, so from there, um, the, the terrain starts to mellow out a little bit. It's still climbing. Um, it's not as, uh, it's not super technical by any means. Um, but it's definitely climbing. It has, it kind of like has these little like lower spots that are not as steep and then it'll get steep again. And then, and then you kind of just keep doing that until you get to this other little, uh, side hill section of trail where you go around Laurel Knob, and there's some nice overlooks to the left. Um, through there, there's a couple cleared out spots, not super cleared out, but you can see pretty well. Uh, and then the trail starts to dip, and you get a little downhill reprieve um, from that point. 
and uh, you run downhill for a little bit and you get into this little saddle. And then once you're in that little saddle, it's, it does its last final steep switchbacky push up to the parkway. And um, then you pop out Green Knob Overlook, which might be the most beautiful overlook on the parkway. Yes. And it's a stunning, stunning spot. Um, it's just one of my favorite spots to just drive up and just sit and just like watch, you know, you know, or just sit and relax for like 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and right there at that spot, we'll also have a, uh, a water stop. So it won't be a full aid station, but it'll just be a water only, um, area. So you can get, you know, top off your bottles. We'll have, um, hydration beverage there too. Um, uh, either Gatorade or Scratch or Tailwind or something like that. We're still working on a sponsor. So if we can get a sponsor for that, we'll have Tailwind or Scratch or something similar. If not, we'll have Gatorade. Um, that's how we usually roll. So um, so that's what you can expect to have there. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and then from there, you're going to run a short little section of the parkway, and then you're going to start steeply climbing up again up to uh, the summit of Green Knob. So then when you reach the top, you get to Green Knob, uh, overlook, beautiful overlook, and then you're going to run a short little section of parkway uh, to get to the Green Knob Trail and start that. But I want to go ahead and let Tara speak on Snook's Nose. I know she's really familiar with it. So Snook's Nose is one that I I actually love it, um, I think. But it's a, it's a love-hate relationship because, of course, it hurts really bad <laughs> when you're going up it. But it's it's just, I don't know, it's a great trail because it doesn't matter how much you talk about it. It's so unexpected when you actually hit it. And so it's, it's it feels like such an accomplishment when you get that almost four miles done because you you're like, I just did that. And you're climbing, what'd you say before? How much elevation? Like 3,100? 31 to the parkway, and, yeah. Yeah, in four miles. And that's, I mean, what an insane trail that is. And <laughs> the views are spectacular. And I, I don't think at this time of year you're having to worry about the snakes on the snook's nose. Maybe, <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers so, crossed. So, um, but when I ran, I think the last time I ran it actually was during Hellbender. It's been that long since I've been on it. But, um, it was they just had a burn, and so it was all mm -hmm. charred and black, and yeah. it was really cool looking and creepy. But uh, I think it's it's good now. But um, it's you're gonna love it, and you're gonna hate it all at the same time. Oh, yeah. So just be prepared, and also have make sure you top off your water at the bottom of it, um, absolutely, because you are going to need all the water that you can get. So. Yes, yes, absolutely. Make sure you have two full bottles going up that um and then you, there's a water stop there at the top of green knob too so um you know you're probably going to drink your whole two bottles on that section of trail because it's going to take you you know fast runners an hour hour and 15 slow runners two hours plus so you're right. going to be out there a while so yeah your typical climb. four miles is yeah. not what should be in your brain yes exactly <laughs> so yeah just be prepared um, make sure you have plenty of water and make sure you have some snacks too as well to get yourself up that, right. you know, it's still early in the race. So you do have some energy, you know, I, I would also say like, you know, don't try to like completely hammer it so hard that you completely blow yourself mm -hmm. up as well. And it's, still it's a great place for race. poles. Yes. So pull out your poles. If you've got them, it's that will help save your legs somewhat. And then 
you know, once you get across the parkway and you go up Green Knob, the descent down Green Knob um, is one that I kept my poles out because uh, on a training run I didn't. And I was like, oh, crud, <laughs> I need yeah. my poles for this because <laughs> it was, I mean, it's very slippery, very steep. So mm-hmm. I'll let you talk about that on the yeah. way down. So once you get once you get to the top of Green Knob Trail after that, if you cross the parkway, you've got like a about a third of a mile to get to the top of Green Knob. Uh, and that's a tight switchbacky techie little climb it's kind of basically a continuation of, of snook's nose um and then when you get to the top there you know there is a little overlook uh tower but we don't the race doesn't send you out to that but if you wanted to go check that out feel free if you're not worried that you're going to miss the cutoffs or anything um but then you you go down to the right on to continue on Green Knob Trail and right at the top, you have these really beautiful views um, and you're, you're looking straight across the Tow River Valley into the Black Mountains and Mount Mitchell. And you're like, oh man, I got to go up that next. <laughs> and uh, so it's really intense looking, you know, like, oh man, I got to go up that, you know, and you're a thousand. <laughs> I got to go down in the back up. <laughs> you're basically the top of Green Knob, I think it's 5,000 feet. So you still have 1,700 feet extra of up on Mount Mitchell uh, across the way, you know, it's still 1700 feet higher than where you're currently at. Right. Plus you're going to drop 2000 feet <laughs> before you get just cruel, <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah, so you, you you're dropping 2000 feet off of this. Uh, it's really techy. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's pretty rough. And then, uh, once you get to the bottom of, of green knob, you'll, you'll hit the mountains to sea trail. And that's that starts to mellow out the trail a lot. Uh, it's just kind of side hill, and that's uh, off to your right. And it's off to your right, so you just keep staying right. And then you'll get you'll see this um, this like kind of gravelly two track road kind of coming into the MST uh, there for a bit, and you'll hang a left there. There'll be signs and everything marking, and that'll take you down into the Neils Creek field. And the Neils Creek Aid Station, that's where your first cruise spot is. And so for the, the 50K, um, that is, or for the 50 miler, that's roughly uh, 15-ish miles in. And for the uh, 55K, it's roughly a half marathon to that point. Um, so... So yeah, that's that's there, and that's now, a full. Do you have a drop bag? That's a full aid station. Bag? It has drop bags okay. as well. Is that the um, first place you can have a drop bag? The first first place you can have a drop okay. bag, um, full aid station, and uh, crew accessible. I think we talked about the crew there, yeah. uh, in kind of the crew crew rules, um, and then <clears throat> so you've got that that spot, um, and so that's going to have hot food, cold food, snacks, you know, if you've ran any hundred miler before, uh, any long distance race, you know, you're just going to have like a little smorgasbord of, of, of different solid food options. Um, we usually don't carry like gels or anything, uh, at our aid stations cause so many people have different preferences right. on right. what they're using. So we usually just kind of have the solid food locked down. So salty items, sweet items, candies, chips, uh, potatoes, uh, maybe like some bean quesadilla, like refried bean quesadilla type things. Um, uh, PB and J, all that, all that stuff. Um, so something good for your stomach, something good for your stomach. Right. 
I some, love some, ultras. Some, some <laughs> put it put in there, make you feel a little bit full and not like you're starving. Right. Um, and then so from there you're gonna you're gonna get on Salto Road um, for a bit, and you're gonna be running this little flat gravel section uh, over to the Black Mountain Campground. And then when you get to the Black Mountain Campground, um, uh, you kind of get back on the MST there. And uh, as you're going through the campground, you'll get the split for the for the races. So the 55K is going to stay on the River Loop Trail uh, and stay along the river and go up South Toe River Road. Is that to the left? That's then? to the left. Okay. Or when you come to it, it would be straight ahead. Okay, it'd be straight um, and so you'll you'll take the river loop all the way till it crosses South Toe River Road again, and you'll get on South Toe River Road, and you'll go up to the next aid station, which is at the bottom of um, it's at the bottom of Buncombe Horse Trail, um, where that intersects in, and that's where the 50 miler will start intersecting in there as well. And so, just quick for the 55k, when you get to that split point, uh, your color markers are going to change. Um, uh, just for that little section. And then once you get to that next aid station, the course markings are going to be, again, the same um, uh, as the 50-miler. So, okay. And you'll, there'll be a sign that says 55K here. Go this way, follow these arrows, or follow these flags. And it's usually yellow uh, that you'll be following. So it'll be like yellow, white stripe ribbons that you'll follow um, instead of orange, white, or blue, okay. white. Okay. Um, so you'll follow those to to the next aid station. And when you get to the next aid station, the 55 and 50 mile are on the same course again. And so you'll all be using the, the same flags again. Okay. Um, and so just quick overview of that for the 55K. Uh, the the river trail is just a, kind of a flattish, um, smoothish, mostly kind of techie in a couple spots, just like river rocks. Um uh, footing in a couple spots, but pretty smooth along the river. And then you hit South Toe River Road, which is a gravel road. And then you can just be climbing that for a, you know, a good distance. But it's, you know, it's all what we quote unquote called douche grade climb. Um, uh, so runnable if you're wanting to run and, you know, if not. But it's climbing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it so. is climbing. It is climbing. It's going uphill. Um, as the South Toe River kind of steeply starts falling down the mountainside right. there, so you're along you're along the creek as well the whole time. You should you'll be within earshot or eyesight of the creek, and there's a lot of nice, pretty cascades there. So it's a pretty section of gravel. It's yeah, it's not bad. So your space between aid stations from Nils Creek to that South Toe aid station is pretty short. I think it's like just over three miles. Okay. Um, it is. Yeah, 3.7 miles between those two aid stations. So you have like a little 5K plus of gravel grinding basically to do. Um, so, yeah. So from the split, we'll go back to the 50-miler. Um, you, When you get to that split, you're going to go right on the 50-miler, and you're going to go up Mount Mitchell Trail, which is also the Mount Sea Trail. And uh, so this trail, you're not taking all the way to the summit of Mount Mitchell. You're taking it up to the Buncombe Horse Trail. Uh, which is about two-thirds of the way up that trail. And so you'll be on it for roughly about four miles, um, and it's pretty steep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, you're going to climb, uh, you know, let's see. I've got it written down here, I think. You're going to climb 2,800 feet 
from Nils Creek up to the Buckham Horse Trail, where you'll also have a water stop there. There'll be a, a self-serve water there. And that water is uh, treated from the creek. So um, just be mindful of that. Um, it's, it's fresh. We are treating it, so it should be safe. It will, it will, it will be, be safe. safe. <laughs> it will be safe to drink. Right. Um, uh, so uh, that's coming up there. Uh, and that climb is just... Uh, it's a lot of tech. Um, it's it's slow going, but it's also, you know, thousands of people do it each year. Right. It's like the main route up Mount Mitchell. When people say I climb Mount Mitchell, that's what they say. They started there and went up um, instead of driving all the way up to the top. And so th- there, you'll probably see quite a few people on it, um, potentially. Um, we are getting there pretty early in the day, so... Uh, you might not see a ton of people at that point, but, um, so you'll be climbing up it. It switchbacks in sections and kind of follows the ridge in sections. Um, you get different types of forests. You'll go from like an open hardwood forest to kind of like the, you know, roto tunnels situation. Um, there's a couple creek crossings on it, but again, you should be able to rock hop any of those creek crossings. Um, you know, and just, a, a good thing to do is to uh, to pack like a small water filter um, as well. Uh, and Solomon and uh, and Katahdin make these little filter caps that you can put on your bottles now. So you can just scoop up water out of those creek crossings, put your bottle cap on, and you got safe water to drink. Uh, and you didn't have to do anything extra other than just scoop. That's and, so nice. And, yeah, it's, it's the best. Um, so I would highly suggest you have at least one bottle with one of those caps on um, and that you use for water. Obviously, you don't want to use that one for electrolytes because then you're going to be filtering out right. your electrolytes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, so, yeah, use use that bottle for water and you can you know fill up in a couple spots. And then because there's there's a lot of water sources that you kind of cross, especially on Buncombe as well, once you mm-hmm. get on there. Uh, so there's there's plenty of little spots where you can scoop get some water if uh, if you're running low um and uh and it'll be safe if you have the, if the bottle cap um so once you get up to buncom horse trail um when you get up near the top of that you start doing these like really cool switchbacks and you keep crossing over this power line cut mm-hmm. and so you keep getting these views back across yes. the valley down into like where green knob was and you you get them every you know a couple hundred yards because you just switch back and through, back. switch backing through these this power line cut, um, and then you know you'll finally get up. So when you get when you start switch backing through the power line cut, you know that you're close to the Buckham Horse Trail. Um, you know you're within a, a half mile or so of of that next little water stop, and uh, so when you get there, we'll have a couple people there with water uh, and electrolytes for you to 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 use and and uh, then you're going to take a right and you're going to get on the Buncombe Horse Trail. And the Buncombe Horse Trail is an old rail line for when during the logging days. So it means it's very gradual and very gentle grade, but it also means it's strewn full of rocks. Mm-hmm. And so it is not the smoothest footing, even though it's a very runnable t- uh, grade. Uh, the footing is a little choppy uh, with a lot of, uh, baby heads and, and rocks and stuff there. Um, 
So it's definitely runnable if you're feeling good, but it also can kind of drain you a little bit just because you're you're kind of having to concentrate a little bit more mm-hmm. on your footing uh, through that section. Um, as you continue to go down that trail, because uh, you're on that trail for about two, two, just over two miles before you get to your next trail. Uh, on the second latter half of that trail, it kind of gets boggy in sections. Um, there have been rocks and like, stumps and stuff that have been cut to kind of make little foot paths through there (laughs) recently um and and huge shout out to the nc high peaks trail association who maintains all the trails in the blacks they do a great job and have really saved a lot of those trails in the last decade and making those usable and and passable and not like just a pure nightmare uh, like they used to be a decade ago um so but you're on that again it's going to the first mile is going to be kind of a gradual climb. You're going to get to this spot where it has a beautiful little overlook. You can, you got great views looking back, you know, you can see, I think you can see like all the way at table rock area, maybe like grandfather mountain, obviously green knob. And then when you get to that point, um, you'll start going gradually downhill again. And, uh, and then once you are kind of going through that downhill kind of woods kind of start creeping back in on you uh you're going to get to your next intersection and this is the old dreaded big tom gap trail which is uh like snook's nose and half a mile (laughs) but worse (laughs) fantastic but worse oh wow sounds great (laughs) um and so this trail is will that be up on your right and be on your left on your left okay be on your left and this is going to take you up to the ridgeline of um, of the Black Mountain Crest Trail. But, yeah, the Big Tom Gap Trail is a boulder-strewn, steep, muddy climb that it's it, – the trail's only a half mile long, and I think it might gain 500 feet in that half mile. So, like, you know, it's just – So fun. Boom. Um Great views, though. Great views off of it. One of the prettiest sections when you're on there, when especially when you get up towards, kind of getting towards the top of it, uh, you kind of go through this like this field, this open field, and you know if you're if you got enough strength to like turn your neck behind <laughs> you, you're just going to be treated with this just amazing 180 degree view. Um, it's just a beautiful, beautiful spot. Um, Closest thing that the race has to like a bald is in that little area is, is on there. And so just a great, great view spot. Um, but you will be just like cussing my name while you're doing it. Like, um, <laughs> They're already cussing you on yeah, snooks. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be cussing you on this. And uh, But then you'll reach the ridge line of the Black Mountain Crest Trail. And when you reach uh, the Black Mountain Crest Trail, uh, then you're in for the techie section of the race um it's roughly uh roughly two miles from there from that big tom gap intersection of the crest to mount mitchell and uh you know a mile and a half of that section of trail is going to be really techy um and lots of like steep little ups and downs uh because you're on a ridge and you've got these big boulders there's a couple sections where there's some ropes that rope a help Mm -hmm. help rope assist you up uh to climb you don't necessarily need the ropes to get up it but it's just there there. to 
to help you. Um, so don't think it's like, oh my gosh, I'm climbing up a cliff or anything. It's, it's not like that. Like if the ropes weren't there, you'd be fine. You just kind of scramble up it, uh, scoot up it. Um, so there's a couple spots there. Beautiful, beautiful views uh, throughout. There's at least three or four overlooks in this section. Honestly, it's the prettiest section of the race. Um, you've got uh, the summit of Big Tom, which is absolutely stunning. Uh, and then you get to Mount Craig after that. So you have this little climb up Big Tom and it drops down a little bit and climbs back up to, to Mount Craig. And then Mount Craig is just this wide open uh, 180, 270 degree viewpoint that is your, you know, you can run. You don't have to even stop and look at it. Like you could just keep walking. Just see or, it, yeah. And it's just this beautiful spot. Um, beautiful overlook. Uh, and then you start going downhill again. Again, super techie. Get into another saddle uh, of the ridge. And then as you start climbing out that saddle of the ridge, is when you get to. Um, this other overlook and the trail starts becoming a nice little state park sand rock gravel path. So the footing gets a lot easier, mm -hmm. but as soon as you get to that section, you're also greeted with this another amazing like 270 degree view the whole time. You don't even have to stop and look. You can just keep walking and just enjoy this massive, massive view of the mountains. Um, and once you're through that, you get into this really, really cool tight forest section of spruce. And you've been in spruce for a while. You've been in spruce since you started crossing the switchbacks on Mount Mitchell on the power line cut. Um, but in there, it gets really thick and you get this really thick, dark forest. Um, and like if, this, if there's like any fog or like sun, the sun comes through those trees and through the fog. It's like it's magical. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, really gets me jazzed on on doing the whole doing the route. I just love that section. I love that trail. Um, you know, I know that, like the the entrant feed to do that trail is tough and, and it hurts, but, <laughs> but it's totally it's worth, worth it. it. <laughs> it's totally worth it um, just for the beauty of it. And uh, so you'll start climbing out of that saddle from that viewpoint, going up a lot of stone steps. Uh, and uh, they will climb up, and then you'll get into the picnic area at Mount Mitchell, and that's where the aid station will be. Aid station will be in, in uh, one of the uh, uh, two shelters up there right near the parking lot. And uh, so that's your next crew access point. Um, that's mile 23 and a half, roughly, uh, is that point at that aid station. And uh, from there, you're going to run through the parking lot. Drop bag there too, right? Yeah, drop okay. bag is drop bag is there as well, as well. Um, so, um, and those are your two drop bag points. Okay. So, Neal's Creek and Mount Mitchell. So, those are the only drop bag points, um, um, and the only crew points. Um, so, you're going to run along the outside edge of the of the parking lot get through the parking lot and then you need to go tag the summit of Mount Mitchell. I was going to ask if you Yeah. So you do tag. have a short little out and back and this is up a, pay, a steep paved path. Right. Um, you'll be dodging tourists uh, as you climb up to the summit. Um, uh, we won't have a summit checker there, but obviously we have a GPS tracker on you. So we'll know if you went there or not. Right. So you make sure you go there. Um, Just yell out to all the tourists yeah, what you're doing. Yeah. They'll be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, go up to the top of the observation deck, check out the 360 degree view you got there. Hopefully. <laughs> um, you know, snap a pick and then, you know, drop back down that. And then as you come back down, there's a trail on your left, which is the mountains to sea trail. Um, and that's the Camp Alice Trail. So that's the trail you want to go down to. There is a trail on your right, and that's the Mount Mitchell Trail. You don't want to go down that one. You want to go down the Camp Alice Trail, which is just a little past that uh, on the left. And uh, so this trail is part of the MST. It's just more the same of what you were doing on the Black Mountain Crest. Right. It's boulder-strewn, steep, rocky, techie footing, and it's going to drop a lot, and it's going to drop you back down to uh, uh, Commissary Ridge Trail, which is uh, a short little like gravel-ish trail that kind of turns into the Buncombe Horse Trail. Um, and so you'll get down to there, cross a creek. Again, this creek can be forded, and you're only on that section for a mile. So that camp house is only a mile long. Uh, and then you'll get on commissary trail and you'll take that to the Buncombe horse. So you hang a left. Um, and then when you get back to the Buncombe horse, you're going to hang a, a hard right. So it's a real hard right. Um, and then you're going to be on Buncombe horse for the next like six miles, something like that, seven miles. And so you have a long stretch of no aids, no aid from this point. I think it's, uh, is 9.4 miles so it's the longest stretch without any aid so from from mount mitchell a to south toe river road you've got that mile or so uh, of camp alice and about a half mile of commissary to get to the buncombe horse and then you're on the buncombe horse all the way until you get to uh south toe Toe. but what is really nice about this is it is almost 100 percent downhill there might be a couple little rollers there of like little small hills that you have to go up, but most of it is all downhill and most of the footing is pretty good. Um, the, this section of Buncombe Horse Trail had been improved uh, in the early 2000s and uh, not early 2000, 2010s. Um, and so they kind of make these like little turnpike things. So you have these like little gravel bed, raised gravel beds in a lot of the sections. So the footing's not as, as bad. Um, the first little section of it is a little rougher than the latter half of that flatter section where it's still on the MST and Buckham Horse. And you're on that for about three miles. And that's this just gradual downhill, two, 3% grade downhill. A lot of water. <laughs> uh, a lot of. A lot of water coming, but it's easy. You're yeah. You're gonna jump over it. There's a few creek crossings and stuff, but again, you can rock hop almost all of those. Um, and then there are places where you can really stretch out your legs, where you get in these little turnpike zones, um, and you have this little gravel bed. And then so you're on that for like three miles on that three percent grade, and then the the Buncombe Horse Trail is gonna split off from the Mountains to Sea Trail and go down to the left. And then it becomes this like really soft, piney, like non-techy, beautiful bed of like duff that you're <laughs> running basically for the next, you know, while you're still in the the spruce zone, uh, at least for the next like two miles. And that's going to kind of slowly switch back its way uh, down. And then you hit this uh, big, massive field. Um in the middle, it's just a random field in the middle of 
the trail and you get this beautiful view straight across looking at green knob um, and you run straight through that field and then you kind of hit this like old grassy two track road uh, double track um, road bed and you'll take that for the like the remaining two miles uh, two and a half ish miles down to the aid station Salto River Road and that road just kind of switched backs and it's again gradual gradual grade easy fit footing uh, you know, the only thing that you're probably going to have to be doing is like jumping over twigs and stuff that have like fallen in the roadbed. Um, that's like the major obstacle that you're going to be uh, dealing with. And most of that will get kicked out of the way when we're marking the course anyway. Um, and you might hear the aid station long before you actually get yes, there. <laughs> that's yes. what I remember from helping yeah, the, there. <laughs> right, right before you get to the aid station, the road switchbacks a lot. Yeah. It, it gets kind of steep there, uh, not steep on the trail, but just the terrain gets steeper so they switch back the road a lot and they're these long switchbacks yes. so you can kind of like hear the aid station below you um it's like you, you think you're river, so close you hear the river <laughs> roaring through there um and then but yeah then you hit the hit the road um and you got your aid station there south to river road so that is a long stretch without aid it's uh it's um you know 9.4 miles but you uh you drop almost 3,500 feet mm. in those wow. nine miles, and you only gain 240 feet in yeah. that mile. Not so a lot of climbing. <laughs> it is a downhill nine-miler, yes. like as downhill as downhill gets. Um, so you can really make up some time there. You can move really well on that section. And, and that's one thing to mention, too. Like this course uh, is very front-heavy on the, on the elevation gain. You have 8,000 plus feet of gain to at 20 mile 24 to Mount Mitchell. And then there's only 12,500 feet of gain in the race. So, you know, that last, the last half of the race, you know, you're only climbing, you know, 4,000 feet versus 8,000 feet right. in, the, in the beginning. So you can make up a lot of time in, in the second half of the course. And, and the cutoff times are weighted for that as well. We, we're obviously aware that it's going to, you're going to be slower going up than you are coming back down. Um, so after South Toe River Road Aid Station, um, you're going to be on South Toe River Road for roughly uh, just under a mile or so. Uh, and it's kind of that steep, douche grady gravel road. Um, so some of you might be hiking. Some of you might be walking or running. It just depends on how you're feeling. Um there's also a beautiful waterfall right there. Like a, it's, a, it's more like a cascady waterfall thing. So it's not like a straight drop, but right there at the aid station too. It's really gorgeous. And this uh, is where the 55K Yeah, and, and that's where the 55K intersect. and 50 okay. mile intersect again. And so and everything, they're the same throughout. Everything we're saying from now is both courses. Okay. Um, so yeah, you continue on South Toe River Road uh, for just under a mile, and then you're going to uh, hang a right onto Bald Knob Ridge Trail. And Bald Knob Ridge Trail is, uh, as far as the footing technicality of it, it's not a very technical trail. Um, there is technical spots with some roots and, and stuff, but not very rocky at all. So it's pretty soft dirt, um, but it is a grind. It is a very switchbacky uh, thing. The Right from the road, you do a bunch of switchbacks that get up to kind of gain the ridge. Um, 
And then when you gain the ridge, then you, you know, you're kind of on the ridge and you're still climbing. Um, so you, you, you know, when you went down to the Salto River Road, you're back in the hardwood and you're going to climb back up into the spruce forest again, and which is really cool. And the, the spruce forest there at the top of the ridge right before you get back to the parkway is like some of the coolest spruce sections. Uh, there's a lot of uh, of this in the video that we made uh, for the for, for the race in that spruce zone. It's just really cool. The forest gets really dark again. Um, you know, you feel like you're out west somewhere in the woods or, you know, up and, you know, it's just, just a really cool experience. Um, it's really neat how the race kind of dips in and out of these mm-hmm. different ecosystems throughout the, the event. Um, but, yeah, so from South River Road up to the parkway, uh, you're going to gain 1,700 feet in uh, about 3.7 miles. Yeah, it's a lot. So, um, so it's a it's a big big climb. Yeah. Um, but then you get a water stop again. There's a water only section there at the the Blue Ridge Parkway. So you you get the parkway. You're gonna hang a left and run down the parkway for a little bit, and then you hang a right and get on the toll road, uh, the old toll road, and uh, that's where the the water will be at the old toll toll road. Um, and then from there, it is uh, heartbreak ridge time, basically. Right. So uh, you're on the toll road, which is just a gravel road. Uh, you're probably on it for about a half mile or so, maybe a little bit longer. And then you hang a right um, onto this connector trail, which is on the uh, Mill Creek Wildlife Club. Mill Creek Wildlife Club. Their property is the bear hunting property. And uh, I just want to give a huge shout out to them uh, for allowing us to host all these events on there because they're obviously private land. They could easily tell us no. Uh, and their land is, you know, that little one mile trail is the connector between. Right. That makes the connection for Hellbender. It makes the connection for, you know, Heartbreaker. It makes the connection for, uh, all these amazing loops that you can have out of Montreat and Black Mountain uh, with these these trails and Old Fort, obviously. So it's really thankful for them for allowing, you know, us to use that trail. Obviously, the Mount Mitchell Challenge, the other uh, another race that's coming up, I guess, this, this weekend. You know, they use the, the toll road, which is all in their property as well. So huge shout out to them to being open to, to having events on their on their property. Um and uh, so you're on that section, that mile section of their their road, and it's really techy and steep at first, uh, really loose as well. So it's 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 too track wide, but it's just a kind of a jumble mess of rocks there for a little bit, um, and then you get through that, and then you finally hit the Heartbreak Ridge proper. You go through a little a little field cutting, uh, you know, just a little. There's not really a view there, but it's just a little field, and then you'll be on Heartbreak Ridge. And uh, then Heartbreak Ridge is this beautiful downhill trail, uh, very popular with mountain bikers uh, for the downhill, but you probably won't see a ton of mountain bikers because it's a a grind to get to. Um, uh, It takes a lot of commitment to get up to the top of there and then come down. So you you probably won't run into too many people. uh, on that trail on that day. Um, and, uh, there but, is some uphill. 
there is some uphill yeah so it's a rolling downhill um it starts off very downhill um and it's kind of techy up at the top uh it's kind of stays on the ridge and makes a a a hard switch back and then another hard switch back um and you kind of cross a little seep there's a little seep uh spring that you'll go through so if you wanted to pull water with your water filter that'd be a good spot to get it um and then you hit this saddle, and then when you hit the saddle, you start climbing up again, but then you get amazing view. There's a big, big view off to your left um, on the trail as you're doing this small little climb. Um, and you get past that little climb, you know, it might be 100 feet max as far as like elevation change, and then you start dropping down again steeply. Um, and then you hit another saddle, and uh, shortly at that, saddle it kind of does the same thing that's a little turn you get another big view um and then it starts after 100 feet or so of uphill uh it starts turning back down and starts going steeply down uh and uh you know then you get another view to your right and uh it's like side hill benched in and you're kind of looking at this whole across to like graybeard mountain and all the stuff around montreat and you're looking across uh that whole zone and through the mill creek property and it's just absolutely gorgeous uh so it's just a beautiful downhill trail it's it's one of my favorite trails it's been there forever um it's classic it's uh, well worth the price of admission to get on that trail it's also the namesake of the right the race i mean <laughs> you know um it's just one of the best trails around um, so after you get that last little view section, um, it starts switchbacking a little bit down the ridge. Um, and then you'll get to an intersection with star gap trail. Uh, and it's like a T intersection. And so when you get to that T, you're going to hang left and go down star gap East. Uh, and that's going to switch yourself back down for about a mile down to Jarrett Creek road. And then when you get to Jarrett Creek road, you're going to hang a left and that's going to go down, and you're going to cross over the Jarrett Creek itself, and that's where your last aid station is going to be. And so if it's really hot, this is a good spot. Last year they were pulling buckets of water out of uh, Jarrett Creek and throwing it on people who are really? overheating so oh, you're you're able to, you know, uh, cool off because last year it got pretty hot. Um, and so we had a lot of people requesting that. Um, if it's cold, obviously you probably don't want to do that. No. <laughs> um but yeah, so they'll have a, a full aid station there, full on, uh, you know, smorgasbord of, of food items. And uh, the distance between the water stop at the parkway and that point is uh, 6.9 miles uh, to that aid station. So that's, but it's mostly downhill. You'll have dropped, um, you'll have dropped 3,360 feet from the parkway to that aid station and you have only climbed 250 feet. So again, we've got a big long downhill. Um, but there is that, you know, from, from full aid station to full aid station, it's roughly 10 miles. Um, so be cognizant of that for as far as food items. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're at that South toe aid station, it might be wise to take something for the road. If you don't have any gels or anything like that with you, um, and so, so yeah, you'll, you'll, from there you're on Jarrett Creek Road and then Jarrett Creek Road is, 
the tale of two two things because it's a beautiful road. Uh, I just ran it this this past week uh, weekend, and so many good views through the trees. It's like winter time right now, it's just like the perfect time to run that road. Um, it's just really gorgeous road, but you are going to have some uphill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're Up also going to have some downhill. <laughs> Um, it roughly from there to the finish is, uh, 6.6 miles and, uh, you're going to gain 700 feet and you're going to lose a thousand feet. Um, so when you pop out of star gap, star gap, you're going to take a left. So left will be your eight. I thought we took a right for some reason. No. Down to the, man, I'm so confused. Yep. Okay. So I'm disoriented. Okay. Um, on the way up at the beginning of Hellbender, you right. take a right. But, yeah. okay. So, um, so yeah, you get to that aid station, and then you, from that aid station, you're going to start gradually climbing. That's kind of when the climbing kind of starts of Jarrett Creek Road. So you'll have this like slow, rolly climb. So it'll, it'll climb, and then it'll kind of flatten out, and then it'll climb, and then it'll kind of flatten out, and then it'll climb, and then kind of flatten out. <laughs> Um, until you get to a certain point around Jordan Mountain, which is roughly about halfway between about three miles in uh, to that, then it's going to start going down. downhill. But then it will go downhill and then flatten out and then downhill right. and flatten out. <laughs> so it, it's kind of more of the same uh, on each side of the road. Um, but still beautiful road, beautiful views throughout. And then that's going to take you back to the Roston Trail intersection. Um, which is the only section of repeated trail in the entire race, and except that little out and back of Mount Mitchell, um, and you'll you'll take that uh, Rawson Trail, and you'll take that back into Camp uh, uh, Greer, and it's a little bit different than um, the start of the race. We take you on the single track a little bit longer, and we have you come in through the pump track, which is right there at the finish line, um, uh, to get to the finish instead of popping you on the gravel road. Uh, okay. We do the gravel road at the beginning just to spread people out. Um, so you'll you'll be on the single track for a little bit longer. So it's a little bit longer of a section than um, the first. Like from what you came from in the on. start okay. to Jarrett Creek Road is like a half mile, but from the start or from Jarrett Creek Road to the finish on Rosslyn, it's going to be more like three quarters of a mile um, to maybe a mile, um, and then you'll be at the finish line right there at Camp Greer, right there at the pavilion. We'll have some barbecue, uh, both vegan and vegetarian barbecue. Last year we awesome. had some like tempeh barbecue and it was delicious. And I'm not <laughs> even, I'm not even, I'm not a vegan. And, it was and so I delicious. was eating the, the vegan barbecue because it was so good. Um, so, um, but yeah, we'll have that. There'll be some music playing, you know, typical uh, post-race vibes. And it's a great space to sit and put your chair out. Um, uh, and wait for people to finish and cheer people on and uh, just just have a good old time. So, um, well, yeah, that's the course. What about um, awards? Um, what do participants get? So awards is top three, male, female, and then uh, top masters. Uh, Which is considered what? <laughs> what masters age? is 40, 40 plus. Okay. There's like this master, grand masters is like 50 plus. Um, but we just do masters, so we have uh, uh, top three, male, female, and then masters winners, the top winners, male, female, uh, on each event. So uh, there's that, 
and then you get every runner gets a handmade uh, custom finisher medal that my wife makes, um, and they're really awesome. Um, and then uh, so that that's kind of the finisher awards there. And then the finisher, the the top three finisher awards, those are Jonathan Ibach's creations, and uh, they're, they're always beautiful. Yeah, he always does a great job. So really, really lucky to have two great artists that are friends and, you know, more than friends. Um, but, <laughs> One you happen to be married to. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's great to have have that here in the local community yes. and, and give back uh, to their their artwork. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that that's the course. And uh, it's a beautiful course. It's, it's basically a single loop for both events, which, uh, you know, it's not something that you get a lot. A lot of times you get, right. you know, out and backs and little crazy things. So it's just really cool. It's just like this nice, big, big loop. And uh, I can tell you're excited about it. Yeah, so. it's it's great. I mean, this course, it's phenomenal. Um, you know, it's also shares a lot with the Hellbender course. Right. Um, uh, good not, training for Hellbender, yeah, for sure. If you're definitely doing a good training run for Hellbender, either distance, you know, 55K or the 50 miler. Um, if you're looking to qualify for Hellbender, um, uh, this race, the 50 miler is a qualifier. Okay. Usually um, you have to have 100K as right. a qualifier. Um, but if you run this particular 50 miler, it counts as a qualifier That's because great. it's, it's um, on the course and you get to experience the terrain. And you're going to know what you're going to get yourself into. <laughs> right. <laughs> You'll know a lot of the course yeah, at that yeah, point, except yeah. it's kind of opposite, I guess, a little bit. We'll sum it's, up it's it. a little yeah. bit different. It's a little yeah. bit different. Um, so what yeah. are you going to do in terms of weather? So if. if so we do have an alternate course okay. planned. Um, will that, that be on the website? I'm the assuming. alternate course will be on the participant guide. So okay. you'll get to see what the alternate course is if um, if. We cannot cross the parkway. So just like Looking Glass, are, we're really parkway dependent. If the parkway is closed due to snow and ice, then we cannot cross it and, um, because we cannot get medical uh, units there. So for the 50-miler, uh, what that looks like, that really affects the 50-miler quite a bit. Um, but what we'll probably do is we'll probably have like uh, an out and back up to Snook's nose, just the nose itself. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have a bigger loop in the old fort area off that. So using Jarrett Creek and and uh, Star Gap and and all that and the Bernard and Kitsuma and, and those trails. Okay. It'll it'll kind of look like um, basically if you've looked at the Ridge to Rails 50, 50K that we have, uh, the 50K, 55K will basically just be the Ridge to Rails route. Um, and then the... Uh, the 50 miler would be the ridge to rails route with like an out and back up to snook's nose, something like that. So, um, that's roughly going to be the alternate routes, which are also extremely gorgeous. Right. Uh, I'm really excited about the ridge to rails 50, uh, 50 K this year. It's going to be really sweet. Um, it's going to be in my mind, it's like a runner's dream, maybe not for you, but, um, <laughs> the ridge to rails 50 K is like gravel climbs fast, uh, fast, uh, <laughs> fast trail descents, you know, so it repeats that for a couple, uh, for a few hills. Um, and, uh, so it's going to be really fun, really cool. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, check that out too. 
Um, but we're praying for good weather so yeah. we don't have to make any changes. Hopefully we're good. It's been, you know, knocking on wood. <laughs> it's been uh, uh, not a very snowy year so far, so right. hopefully it won't be a snowy late winter. Towards the end of um, March, yeah. So, you hopefully know. Not. Yeah. I mean, we've looked at the average temperatures for the past decade for this weekend for Mount Mitchell, and it's, you know, it's always been – pretty decent um anywhere between like 37 and 50 for the high temperature um i don't think we've ever i don't think it's snowed on the march 23rd weekend in the past decade but okay um again (laughs) right (laughs) so what is the next i mean obviously we've talked about this one what is your next race after heartbreaker so after heartbreaker will be seven sisters okay 25k so we'll have you back on for for that one so we can talk about that (laughs) and that's one of the shorter ones um uh, 25k obviously but again single loop pure single loop mountain loop a couple little out and backs on it but totally worth the little out and backs and uh Absolutely beautiful race. That race is getting very close to selling out. So okay. if you're interested in signing up for Seven Sisters, go check that out. There's like 19 spots left uh, at the oh, last yeah, check. Okay. And uh, so that will probably be sold out before this month is over would be my guess. Um, and then we'll open up a wait list for that as well once that, that hits. So if you don't get in, make sure you sign up for the wait yes. list early <laughs> right. so you can get in. Uh, if you're in the top 10 of the wait list, Typically, you're guaranteed getting in. Um, that's typically how it goes. You might not find out to the week of, but you're most likely going to get in. Um, so, yeah, don't don't delay. And you're not. There's no charge to to sign up for the wait list. It's they'll take your credit card information. The Ultra Sign Up platform does, um, but they don't charge you. They Until just you kind accept. of put a hold right. on that. And yeah. once you accept the invite, then it will charge you. So right. there's no like waitlist fee or anything right. like that it's free to sign up for um so there's no reason to delay if you feel like you might do it just go ahead and sign up right when we send you an invite you can just decline it or you can remove yourself from the waitlist when you if you decide not to to do it so uh yeah make sure you jump on it early um and then uh we have registrations coming up for some some events so uh beginning of march Graham further goes on sale and grandfather always sells out in anywhere from two hours to two days wow. historically. So um, that's one that you want to be have on your radar if you're thinking that you're wanting to run it. Um, I think registration opens for that on March 2nd. Let me just confirm so I don't give you wrong information. March 1st. Glad I, glad I checked. So <laughs> registration opens for uh, grandfather on March 1st at 8 a.m., uh, that's all on Friday. Make sure you're ready. Have your have your information <laughs> ready, ready to put in because it sells out super quick every year. Um, last year, it sold out in 48 hours. Um, the quickest we've ever had it sell out is two hours. Um, it's guaranteed to sell out. So just, you know, the only year it didn't sell out within two days was 2020. Understandably. <laughs> yeah. So um, if y'all don't remember, there was uh, COVID. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who remembers that? <laughs> um, and then uh, let's see. March is a big month for registrations. Even Table Rock Ultras registration opens 
two weeks after that, March 14th. That's a Thursday, March 14th. It opens at 8 a.m. Um, that's 50K and 30K. Uh, and that's the original Tanawa Adventure Race. It's the first race we ever that's put great. on. Um, and it's one of the classics. So definitely sign up for that. Uh, that one typically sells out uh, closer to race day. So you have a little bit more time to think about that one. But, um, you know, Might as well I would say just in. go ahead and sign up for it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the final floor of 50K and half marathon, which is on October 26th this year. Registration opens up for that on March 29th on a Friday. And that opens up at 8 a.m. And that race uh, sells out as well, especially the half marathon. Half marathon sold out every year. Um, and so you want to make sure you get on that one as well. And that's when those registration open. So um, grandfather is going to be October or August 24th. Uh, Tail Rock is September 21st. Final floor is October 26th and 27th. So 26th is a 50K. 27th is a half marathon. And then Looking Glass registration will be opening up. I know I'm getting a lot of people asking about that. Uh, it will open April 19th. Um, a lot of spring registrations. Yeah. So big old, all the fall races are opening in March, March and April. April. So yeah. uh, be, be ready for that. Get your race calendar planned, your fall calendar planned, and hopefully uh, y'all join us for for our remaining events for That's this right. year. Uh, Ridge Rails, like I said, is also open. We have a new 50K this year. Uh, it's a it's a single loop 50K. Uh, we have a point to point half marathon that is net downhill. So there's a 1,200 feet of uphill and 2,600 feet of downhill, which is really cool. And there's a 10K. So if you're looking to just get into this trail thing and know what you're doing, this is a perfect race to do. Yeah, it's a, definitely. It's a lollipop, uh, figure eight loop, 10K in the gate rate trail system. So it's very beginner friendly. Um, it's going to be harder than your road 10K for sure. It's going to be more hills than that. But, um, you know, it's like 700 feet of gain for the for the 10K. So, um, and downhill. So you kind of, and on smooth trails, not technical trails. So it's a great, great, great way to, sure. to introduce introduce you to uh, mountain running uh, in a short distance without being like, you know, the craziness that we typically do in our races. So, um, yeah, check well, that out. I am looking forward to. I'm doing the 55k, <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to that. I'm gonna. I'm calling it my birthday run just because my birthday is the 21st, so the 23rd is close enough for my yeah. <laughs> for my birthday run. Um, so I'm excited about it and getting on those trails again. Yeah, and that not looking awesome. forward to the uphill gravel like you like, but I like it. Still, I'm excited just Grind to just to do another race again. <laughs> so it'll, it'll be fun. But thank you for coming yeah. on here, and we'll have you on here soon to talk about hopefully Seven Sisters. All right, All sounds right. great. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Facing Vert. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please like, follow, and share with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at Facing Vert. If you'd like to reach out to me, message me there. I hope to see you at the top of the mountain.